Palmer Bear on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Someone that has been an absolute superstar when it comes to racing is our feature interview. She joins us thanks to Ryko Filters. Ask mechanic for Ryko Filters, the professional choice. But we, as we do with all of our feature interviews, we've got to give them a proper intro. This is going to be Molly Taylor winning the first ever Extreme EX Prix. She crosses the line. She has done a fabulous job, and no wonder she is smiling. Johan Christophson, win number two for him and Molly Taylor. Our XR have done it when it counts. Christophson and Taylor take their third win of the year with a commanding lead in this Extreme E Championship. Yes, please welcome back to the driver's seat, the one and only Molly Taylor. What an intro. <laughs> how good how good is that, Molly? You you uh you've it's been a little while since you've been on our show, but it's been long enough that there's now a highlight reel that the great man <laughs> Nims Azor can throw together. <laughs> And it helps the theme tune as well. That, <laughs> I know. that song is perfect. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. Hey, hey, Mol, welcome. Um, it's. I was talking to Stevie J before we came on air. I feel like this year, even though we've all been in lockdown and we haven't had much racing domestically, I feel like this is the year that I have seen you more on every social <laughs> site and, and on TV and other bits and pieces. This looks like it's been one of your busier years. Oh, without a doubt, it's been it's been pretty full on. I think it's been the like the reverse of what most people's experiences have been in Australia in lockdown, and I've kind of been stuck overseas, having to travel every single day of the whole lockdown period because I couldn't get back. So it's kind of I think the yeah the complete reverse. I've been yeah literally living out of a suitcase for over six months and going from place to place every week. So it's been uh, it's been a bit of a roller coaster, but yeah, an amazing amazing uh, few months. Hey, Molly, I know Maddie is very, very excited to talk about Extreme E and, and all that sort of thing this year. Um, but I want to bring up something that's, I think, way cooler, and that's you <laughs> announcing that you're doing Dakar next year with Dar Moskut, who I've actually raced against quite a bit and know Dar quite well through Target Tasmanias and things. So that is, that's sensational. Huge. That's massive. I mean, how? Give us a snapshot of how that came about, and and what you know, the feeling that you've got now that you're actually locked in to do the 2022 Dakar. Yeah, it's pretty surreal because I mean, I'm sure like you guys, I watch it every January, and it's just like you know, one day in my life I'm going to do Dakar, and and it's always kind of been that that conversation. And then um, I got in touch through Dale actually with the South Racing Can-Am crew, um, and it was really started off me hassling them to try and get some seat time off-road to help with Extreme E and, and, you know, just have a bit more uh, preparation on the off-road side of things. And um, then it kind of snowballed quite rapidly. And, I mean, Dakar's always been the dream, but I didn't think, you know, I'd be able to make it, I suppose, a reality so so quickly. But, um, yeah, it all, all came together. And, yeah, it's pretty, pretty surreal because it's definitely, I mean, that would be the thing at the top of my bucket list um, can, if anyone had ever asked. So Can, yeah, can Dale I, read a map really good? Like, because... Yeah. You can get lost massively over there and like, we'll never see you again. Yeah, I know. And it's like you have a, like a little um, 
repeater of what the unit that the co-driver has in the buggy too. And so it's all done on bearings, like orienteering. Yeah. So he'll say, you know, go to cap 89 degrees. And I'm like, well, is that a, is that a five left or a four left? Or, <laughs> or am I turning right? I'm, <laughs> what does that mean? So it's like, yeah, it's a completely, I mean, everything about it is completely different to get used to, but it's, it's just such a cool adventure. And how much prep will, will you get? Will you have a buggy here in Australia that you can roll around in and out in the desert and do whatever you do to prepare for something like this? Or are you going to roll over there and be pretty green? Yeah, I mean, I will definitely be green. Um, it's sort of been this, like, intensive <laughs> Dakar 101 that I'm on. So we did the Abu Dhabi Desert Challenge oh, just over a week ago. Um, yep. And those dunes are um, not exactly the same area as Dakar, but not far away. So they're the same kind of size, I guess. And they're like mountains. It was just absolutely incredible. So I had that um, <laughs> drop in the deep end, and then we'll do another race in Saudi Arabia uh, early December. So I'll have those two events. So at least I'll have some some experience using the navigation and driving for that length of time. Not not that it's for 14 days, but they still the stages will be a few hundred kilometres and and yeah, sort of getting used to how you drive in the sand dunes because it's just so different yeah. to anything else. But it's oh, it's so much fun. You you boys would absolutely love it. Hey, I'm so intrigued, Molly, because you know I've done a bit of rallying myself, and I know you know sort of how that rally side of things works. You know, you've got your navigator next year. They're calling, you know, you guys go up and down the stages and you you write your own notes. You write, you know, some have got a one to six system with one being uh, one being really tight hairpins and six being really fast and some run a one to ten system. Um, what do you do in Dakar? Because obviously you can't, you can't do that for every little corner or bump, can you? So... Is it you, you were talking about it being orienteering side of things and, and degrees and all that using a compass, basically a really fancy compass. But um, uh, is that something that then you've got to then drive with what you see in front of you, or is is everything basically noted? Uh, no, it's it's everything as you just have to see and wing. Uh, yeah. So you might have you know in we've got to stay at a bearing of. X, Y, Z for five kilometers. And then when you get within a certain radius, this electronic waypoint will appear that you have to go within, a, you know, one to 200 meters of to wow. tag it. And, but you, you can't see it. So you, you're just going yep. off your, your bearing. So, you know, you can imagine if you get one of them wrong, it'll skew everything else uh, as well. So it's, um, yeah. And, and then in between you pick your own path. So they'll, you know, yep. try and make a challenge and put a waypoint at the top of a really steep dune or something that you've got to try to read the terrain and navigate how to get up there and then how to get back down. Um, my brain yeah, hurts thinking about it. Just... Oh, my brain's yeah, hurting yeah. now. Like, seriously. <laughs> we, we, I'm just... I'm, I'm a driver. I just want to push a brake pedal and accelerator and turn a wheel. That's I top it. out a bit. Like, I've got to do about five laps of wherever I'm going just to make sure I know where I'm going. And it gets repeated, let alone doing this sort of you stuff, let, Molly. You don't get lost going to Macca's. Oh, it's, oh, well, true. It's nuts. Well, we did the first day of Abu Dhabi and I came back going, oh my God, that was amazing. Like the dunes were huge. Wow. And everyone just turned around and laughed and they said, they were the, the, just the dunettes. Oh, <laughs> like, the babies. The <laughs> That's like, very wait till funny. you get to tomorrow and, and then day two. It, it, like you get, um, you know, you know, the like fear of heights if you're standing on a 10 story building and you just peek over the side. Yep. That, that was, that was the sensation when you get to the top of these dunes because they're just, that big and you don't know what's on the other side but um but oh, once man. you sort of 
you know, see what the the buggies and the cars are capable of, and then start to get a bit of a feel for it. It's the most fun. It's it's unreal. Well, it's. I mean, that's amazing, and that's groundbreaking again from you to have an Australian woman in the Dakar. I think it's an Australian woman uh, in the Dakar. I think that's fantastic. But one of the other things that, and look, let me go back a step. I find, and I've said this publicly before, boys and girls, I find <laughs> Formula E just about as exciting as watching a cooking show for me. <laughs> However, I've got to say that Extreme E, which is what you've been part of this year, which is like the rallying version of it, I have found, not just because you're on the show, I've said it multiple times, I found it absolutely sensational to watch. Did you expect to be so successful in that formula? Because oh, three out of four wins so far. Like, it's, you, you've absolutely flogged them. She's a Shane Van Gisberg in the world. Extreme E. <laughs> well, you're all being too kind. But, um, I mean, it was so hard to know what to expect because it was everything was new, the, the format, the teams, all the drivers. So we really, yeah, had, had no idea what to expect. And still, when you go to each round, every round is so different. So it's not like you can really you know, prepare for a certain track or know what you're walking into. It's just you only see the track, you know, the, the evening before you're on it. So it's, um, yeah, it's really try not to have, I guess, too many expectations or preconceived ideas before we get to them and just, yeah, try and do the best we can with what we've got at the time. Hey, uh, I know there is one event to go in Extreme E. I mean, I did say you have won three out of four. Have you wrapped it up yet? Or what do you have to do in the next event to wrap it up? No, we haven't wrapped it up yet. Uh, so it'll be, it's really a race between us and X44, um, mm-hmm. who can still take it out as well. So we've got a lead, which is a, a good place to be in uh, when you're going into the championship, but we still need, uh, you know, still, we still need a decent amount of points. So we still, we don't have to win, but we still need to have a very good weekend, which, um, you know, as you've been watching, you know, anything can happen. Yeah. So it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's I think certainly, I, um, can't relax What yet. I think's fantastic is that, uh, I know just how much Lewis and, and Nico <laughs> love each other. And I just think that Nico getting another one on Lewis, uh, because Lewis hasn't got one on him since he retired after he beat Lewis in the F1 championship. I think I think this is just another little <laughs> step for, for Nico. Does he ever say anything like that to you, Molly? Does he say, oh, I'd love to beat just Lewis's team? <laughs> no, um, no, unfortunately, I can't. Uh... I can't give you any fuel for that fire. Um, he's, you know, I mean, I think Nico just, he wants to win so much. And I mean, that's one of the great things about our team. Everyone's like that. And having Nico's experience and his passion to win and, you know, throw everything we can and put all, all 110% of our effort into it. Um, but I don't think it's, it, it's because he wants to win. I don't think it's because he wants to beat Lewis. I mean, I think that's obviously, um, you know, you want to beat everyone. So I don't think as, yeah. As much as um, as much as I'd love to give you some gossip, I don't really, don't really have any. Sorry, um, Molly. I was talking to someone that you work with quite a bit in Nathan Kayser, and I was talking to him the other day. And one of the things he mentioned about you is how Hello. hard you work. <laughs> yeah, no, nothing bad. Don't worry. <laughs> it was how. Is hard that just you how much work? I annoy him? Is that like is that the nice thing you put on it? <laughs> well, and and that's kind of the point that you. You do annoy people because you're outwardly, you're outwardly knocking in doors, pressing on door buzzers, kicking in, you know, mobile phones, trying to get conversations with people to try and forward your career. 
And he made special mention to me that you are brilliant at it, that you do a lot of work, a lot of commercial work when you're not, when you haven't got the helmet on. I know or a microphone you, in your hand. Or a microphone in your hand or a steering <laughs> wheel in your hand or one of the other million things that you do. But you're also heavily involved with the FIA Girls on Track program. And one of the things that I've always said as, you know, I've done some of the driver management bits and pieces, I've always said that the work that you do behind the wheel is one thing. You've got to be really good in front of the camera and in front of sponsors, but you also have to hustle. You've got to work, to work really, ethic. really, really hard in between yep. everything to try and get the money to get it going. When you do a lot of your FIA girls on track work, is that something that you push towards the next generation of young drivers coming forward that the work doesn't stop Sunday night, even if you take a trophy home? Yeah, totally. And I think what's so great about that program is it's really all encompassing. It's not just for drivers. It's for every facet that goes into motorsport. So these girls get a, a big picture of everything that that's involved in it and that it's not just the bit that you see on TV and the bit where, you know, it's sort of the, the glamorous side, you know, you really get to an insight in, into it all. And I think it's always been the most important thing to really be so passionate and enjoy what you do, because if you don't have that base, then, you know, you're not go- you're never going to be prepared to put in the hard yards that it really needs because you need to have something that's going to be that strong of a driving force through everything because otherwise yeah. it's it'd be too easy to just give up. Hey, I did want to ask you something before we go, and it's something that's sort of oh, it hasn't. An, and it's not you that's annoyed me, Molly. It's a decision that annoyed me. <laughs> tippy toeing, he's yeah, tippy toeing. Yeah, yeah. Tippy toeing. Nimsy, here we go. Um, get ready with the button, Nimsy. That silent please, button. Please, please, we'd like to have Molly back on the show. <laughs> no, no. Um, you've driven in a lot of different circumstances, Molly. You've driven in, you know, snow and teeming down rain and mud and sand and all this, all this, all these different conditions, right? And freezing temperatures and stinking hot. Um, obviously, you were at Sydney Motorsport Park <laughs> last weekend. <laughs> yeah. Like, seriously, tell, honestly, give me your opinion on what that decision was with that race. Fair income. Like, would have you raced in that? I mean, it's a tough one because it's such a different environment. And we race, as you say, in all those conditions. But, you know, yeah. for us, if it's muddy or raining, like we have the cars and the tyres and everything, you, you've always got some kind of progression in the grip and it, we're kind of set up to be doing that. Whereas, you know, when you've got standing water across the road and the car's aquaplaning, you, you're kind of a passenger. So... Um, I can appreciate the differences in that environment when the conditions are like that. You know, if it's a rally and muddy, it's just more slippery than it was. It's not this sort of yeah. night and day type of scenario. So I can see the differences there. I mean, I don't know if there's a right answer because there's a lot of, you know, half the field wanted to race. Probably the other half were happy to, to stay dry and um, put the cars in in the trailer. So, I, you know, I think it's, I don't know if there's a, there's a really a right, right call either way. You can see both sides of the fence. I think I think How there was, was that two. For a diplomatic yeah, yeah well, I was going to say that's if <laughs> you ask me. TV, you <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's an FIA girls on track ambassador oh, answer that mate. one for sure for sure. I'm going to give you my answer. I reckon it was crap. Yeah. I reckon they should have raced, yeah. raced. We I've raced in much much worse. We've done it in the past. There's been so many clips coming out from the past where we've been racing in absolute monsoonal conditions, even worse than that. 
the, the other classes before them were racing in worse conditions. The, the S5000s with no roof <laughs> oh, were racing. Gnarly, gnarly. The, the water yeah. spray coming out of the tyres when you were watching them going down the straight was unreal. I oh, know. And, oh, and no. we are going to yeah. talk about that. We are going to go into this quite a bit in depth later on in the well, show because it's just, been an extremely say, difficult. Just let uh, Molly know that she doesn't have to be a part of that chat. <laughs> no. I'm over here. No, no, no. Now, um, will we see you at Bathurst, Molly? Are you going to uh, make it to the mountain next week? Oh, unfortunately not. I'm literally hopping on a plane um, next week. So I will of course be, you are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I will be in the air and, um, oh. yeah, landing in Saudi when the, when the race is starting. So... Wow. Well, that's all right. Yeah, you would have just walked afar, past. You would have just walked past me in the pits like you normally do anyway. So that's fine. <laughs> oh, you get on your get on your plane to Saudi. Hey, no, <laughs> I've got to defend Molly here because the last time we were at SMP, she walked past and gave me a wave. She did. Oh, well, see, there in you my go. Trans Am car. Yeah, she wave. She gave me a cheeky wave, like because remember we gave you a bit of stick. Only Molly because you got your you name on your car, yeah, and she yeah, would have read, read your name. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just probably fixing something Who's on my car. She felt sorry for me. I'm gonna when Molly's before, when one day at the track when she's doing an interview or she's getting prepared for an interview, about five seconds before it's about to go live. I'm going to dig her in the ribs from from the side <laughs> and then take a bolt and just see how she goes starting her interview. How's that sound? Well, I think it would make good TV. So <laughs> it would. I reckon it would. <laughs> hey, good luck, Mole. Good luck <laughs> with with uh, your, your next race in Saudi coming yeah. up. And I honestly can't wait to watch you over there in Dakar in 2022. Yep, it's going to be cool. Well, thanks very much, and thanks for all your support. It really means a lot. No, it's we love getting you on the show, and we just like Maddie said. I think we've we've really summed it up. It's been nice to see someone that we know racing uh, because we've been parked up, as you know, a fair bit. So uh, unfortunately for you, you've had a quite a tour of hotel quarantine throughout the land. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that's over. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, good luck, Molly, and uh, hopefully you can stitch up the title for the uh, for RXR, and uh, hopefully we'll chat to you soon. Thanks very much. <laughs> Molly Taylor there joining us here on the driver's seat. It, like you said, Maddie, like that Extreme E has just been absolutely oh. mega. Yeah. Mm. I think it's been mega for her. I mean, I, I've I've enjoyed it as a motorsport fan, Stephen Nimsey, but I think personally for her to be linked with Rosberg, to be fighting Lewis Hamilton's team and to be winning, to be genuine. And it's no surprise to us. She's a, she's a former oh, ARC champion. Yeah, she's so been mega. She can, she's a hell of a driver. Um, but, you know, when you suddenly go to that international stage, there's probably a little bit of doubt. There's a little bit of background going, oh, I wonder how she got. She's absolutely hosed them. So I think it's been great for her profile. I think, you know, when she picks up the phone now and, and says it's Molly Taylor from Australia, um, when she's calling international numbers, they'll know. They mm, know who mm. she is. So it's. I think it's been fantastic for her. And, and uh, I wonder if she'll talk to Toby Price. I should have asked her that before she goes over to Dakar, whether she'll have a chat to, you know, the big pricey and say, hey, mate, what can I – genuinely, yeah. what can I expect? Hey, pricey, can I just follow you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.